you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. James Go here with you. Full house, Adam Rank in the building. What's up? How are you, James? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Yeah? You seem low energy, pal. A little is low it, energy. I it, was... I was beaten down by children's birthday parties. Ah, it's that season. I don't know if there is a season. There, for there really is no season. There shouldn't be. It never ends. <laughs> too many cousins. The season. Too is, many little kids. And it's the not a season when kids are born. I know. That's what I said. There's not really a season. Okay. Because it was weird. It's like golf. Just keeps going. Children's Just, birthdays are like the NFL. They're a year round. It's thing year round. Now. There is no off season. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I might as well have season tickets to Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> My guy, Marcus Grant, what's cracking? Uh, you know, I feel like uh, with the the forecast, the weather forecast coming up this week. Yes. Uh, winter's officially over in Los Angeles. What is the weather forecast? I mean, it's supposed to hit Hot the, and sunny. It's supposed to hit like the mid 80s by Wednesday. Oh hell Thursday yeah! Let's week. go. Yeah, yeah. So winter is a, I've, time to work on my base tan. Let's do it. I have declared winter officially over. Okay. In Southern California. Add a baby. There but I thought there you go. I thought winter is coming. And we've got a new winter's, season of Winter's been coming for six seasons <laughs> on that show. One I mean eventually it will get here. Well, eventually. Eventually it'll get here. Yeah, that's good. Alex Gelhar, the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin. What's up? Uh doing well. Got to go see got to go see Logan yesterday. Very beautiful very, film. Very good. Okay. Very good, good movie. Looking forward to it. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And then you know, combines wrapping up. Free agency kicks. I love the week of free agency. Oh like, sure. The the quote unquote legal tampering period starts tomorrow, <laughs> which is the silliest name for a period ever. But uh, that's the legal gonna, illegal time. We're is, gonna really start uh, getting okay. some uh, some details on where guys are gonna go and for how sure. those how those fantasy dominoes are gonna fall. For sure. Hey, for the fantasy podcast listeners who have stuck with us during the off season, let's just lay out what. It's like this week because again, uh, if you've been following us, you know we usually drop on Wednesday. Well, today is Monday, and here we are with the podcast. We're actually doing a twofer this week. Wow! We've got Monday. Today's podcast is going to be a combine reaction, and then we're actually going to hit you again on Friday because it's going to be full fledged into free agency frenzy. There. Guaranteed there's going to be some uh, very fantasy impact 
impactful signings that happened uh, between now and Friday. Although I guess when is the official time that they can officially Thursday. sign on Thursday? Yep. So there you go. But two podcasts coming to you guys this week. Yes, wow, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. So, again, we've got a great conversation here uh, laid out in front of you today. We're going to be talking about Leonard Fournette. We're going to be talking about Dalvin Cook. How were their combine performances? We shall weigh in. Plus, we'll talk about some combine winners and some combine losers. Where does Christian McCaffrey fit into this? Where does John Ross fit into this? Where does Deshaun Watson fit into this? How about a guy like Cooper Cup? Was he a winner or a loser? Some other uh, winners and losers in the Combine we shall be discussing today. And if we have time, we shall dig into this impressive class of rookie tight ends, although we've got Adam Rank in the building. What does that mean? So I don't know if we'll have time. I didn't filibuster. And I then was, we will close out the show. The top of the show filibuster could have gone on and on. because I got, With I have daily a, daps. I have a theory on the, on the, on the store, Bye Bye Baby. What? I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it for another time. Please. <laughs> I, I, it's wow. the, it's also, the worst name. Rank. Yeah, it, it literally is, is the it worst is name. Literally, you, you the also worst. didn't drop any fast lane takes from the pay per view last. I night, got so. my daily daps. In oh, time. he's got it. It's it. it's gonna be the anti daps. Ooh, okay. There's not a lot of daps. Can I do anti daps? Yeah, you can do anti daps absolutely because we're gonna get into some. So- it sounds like we're gonna get into some solid pro wrestling talk. So I'm looking it's, forward see, to that. It was egregious, well. but what I like, I like to save that to the end. So anybody good. who's not interested in professional wrestling can bounce. Okay, good. Do anything like that. Maybe we'll wanna- save you for the end. Yeah, we'll save okay. We'll no, save you for the Okay, I like it. I'll Let's talk start the over show, the show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the news. I like total. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news. Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, let's start in Buffalo. 50-50 chance, right, that the Bills won't sign or won't pick up the option on Tyrod Taylor. Again, rumors abound that the Bills will not be picking up the team option on Tyrod Taylor's contract, instead trying to renegotiate him down from the $17 million per year he is set to make. Got, hey, uh, newsflash, Buffalo, that's not going to work. Newsflash Buffalo. That's we just heard Mike Glennon might make fifteen million a year. That that's see, that's the part. That that part. Yeah, but it, it should make Tyrod that should be his, his price should be going up. Exactly. Like exactly. this dude who hasn't played since two thousand fourteen. Unbelievable. He's gonna get all this all this money and then Tyrod Taylor, who actually looks like a legitimate NFL quarterback, exactly like one. You really can't fault him for the situation he was put into in Buffalo. I don't understand what the nobody Bills was going to succeed under uh, Rex Ryan. If the Bills do let Tyrod Taylor test free agency, yep. Jason LaConfora of CBS Sports is reporting that the Browns would make a quote strong push to sign Tyrod Taylor. LaConfora also again reporting that the Bears would have the most interest in signing the aforementioned Mike Glennon. Nope. Clinton's contract expected to be around fourteen to fifteen million dollars per year. Uh, we'll start Frank, with Tyrod. Frank, I would legitimately feel bad for you and Bears fans if they dropped, I would, if they dropped fifteen mil a year on Glennon. I would just stop watching. <laughs> if it makes you feel super easy, if it makes you feel any better. The other name being floated out for the Bears is Brian Hoyer. That's uh, fine. That's I mean, much like, better. That's much. No, better. I mean, saying it's, it's what could you get name? Brian Hoyer for? You think eight mil? 
Doesn't matter, because wherever Brian Hoyer go goes, he will be guaranteed bit. to start a game sometime during the season. Because that is it's an NFL bylaw it that is. Brian Hoyer must start True. a game at he's some point. He's fine. He's, like he's, he's decent enough. Uh, if Cleveland does make that push, and, and they do sign Tyrod Taylor, if the Bills are foolish enough to let him go at a very reasonable contract, if they let him go and Tyrod Taylor signs with Cleveland, what does it mean from a fantasy perspective? The double thumbs up from Alex Kelhar hit me. I'd be happy with that because that would solve their quarterback issues. Yeah. You put Tyrod Taylor with a good offensive mind in Hugh Jackson. Okay. Uh, bring back Terrell Pryor. Then I would hope they bring back Terrell Pryor because all of a sudden now we're looking at an offense with Tyrod, Terrell Pryor, and Corey Coleman. Yeah. And let's Gary Barnage. Josh Gordon could be coming back. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Here we go. Let's Marcus, go, Josh Marcus Gordon. Is quietly not, seething I'm over not. there. Oh yeah, I'm, Josh I'm, Gordon. Let's do it. I'm sitting out this part of the. Podcast. Josh Gordon come back. Johnny Manziel on the bench. Let's go, Cleveland. That Let's would, go. Uh, that would, that, that would be exciting for me because that you know they've got some skill position players around there, and uh, and a quarterback like Tyrod would would be awesome to see. I think it would hurt the value of Duke Johnson though because Tyrod's not going to check it down no. as much being a running quarterback. But Almost never. But Isaiah Crowell could still be in the sleeper mix, and it, oh, yeah. it would be good things. You just you want a good quarterback to be on teams with good skill position. I feel players. like Tyrod Taylor could unlock that offense big time. Be fun. I think Who would be the quarterback for the Bills then? Where where are they fighting? Who cares? Cardale Jones. Sean McDermott's going to be out of a job in two years because they oh let de- they decide hey. to let Tyrod Taylor EJ go Manuel for seventeen million. What? EJ Manuel still hanging number? around there. Oh my God! I feel bad for one of the balds because I want to support him. You do? I do. We lost Gus Bradley. <laughs> We gained another bald coach. Right. And Sean McDermott. Coach. Okay. Uh, and Sean McDermott. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what, what is Buffalo. Like, you have the money. Just pay it. Like, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Not, and the thing is, not like the team option for like a five-year deal. It's a team option for one two year. years. Basically one year. They've had they've been doing this. They've been keeping Tyrod on the hook like a like a bad relationship kind of thing. Like no 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 like let's just be friends. But I kind of want to be more than friends. But I don't want to get committed. I want to be serious. Like I don't know. Do you just want to like you know what it hang is? Out? I, I think this is what it is. It's like they had him at the most ridiculously cheap contract ever, right? And he crazy outperformed that contract, right? So now they're like balking at the fact that do we need to give this guy a thousand percent raise? I think that's what they are looking at, and and I don't know. I'm just I'm just shocked. It's I, the polar opposite of the Kirk Cousins situation, so it's yes. fascinating to watch both of them play. Yes, out. exactly. That's exactly. But right. I I hope for the best for Tyrod because I think too. he's a good quarterback, and if he gets put in a good offense with good coaches and skill position players, he could be very very interesting in fantasy. Yeah, and that's my thing too. It's like uh, if he is a free agent, yeah. instead of being linked with Mike Glennon. I would hope the Bears would be like, oh, let's go for the guy who's actually a good quarterback. Right. And why not, get why not try to bring Tyrod? Like, you have a better sell than Cleveland. Can you imagine? Not Tyrod? by much, but you do. I like the Tyrod Taylor-Alshon Jeffrey combo. That yeah. could be sexy. That could be good. All right. Because it's not out of the realm of possibility that Alshon returns. No, absolutely they not. They just couldn't pay whatever the franchise right. thing was. Well, they didn't want to pay. Because if he got franchised again, he would have got paid 16 or, something, 16 or 17 million. More than... If not more, and he's anticipated as to make much 15. as Antonio Brown. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, you're going to make less than that. Okay, so there you go. Hey, to Paul Domowich of phillynews.com says Ryan Matthews is likely to get cut as free agency begins, uh, but that the team is also not likely to take a running back in the very first round. Darren Sproles, 34. Coach Doug Peterson re- recently said of Wendell Smallwood that he is, quote, in the mix. Yeah. 
at RB. Yeah, Wendell Smallwood. That is not sleeper. A, that is not a big time endorsement. When you are expected to cut Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles is thirty four, and and when the, you look at the next guy in line, it's Wendell Smallwood. Right. Doug Peterson says, "Not he's my starter. Not he's my guy. He's in the mix." But it is a pretty deep running back class that I think that even if you're going to miss out on one of the two guys who are expected to go into the first round, right. there's still other running backs you can go out there and take. So I don't think that it's imperative that they go running back in the first round. Ryan True. Matthews has been fine, but it's not like it's not like you're cutting uh, Adrian Peterson in his prime. You're, True. You're, you're getting rid of a, a good, at times, injury-prone uh, back. back. Injury-prone guy, Darren Sproles, seems ageless. And I really do believe... Wendell Smallwood. Sleeper style? He's good. Okay. He's a good player. Okay. Is there more is there any team right now with more uncertainty offensively than the Eagles? I mean, pretty much any any Wait. free agent wide receiver has been linked there. Now true, Deshaun, Alshon. They're yeah. trying to figure out what to do with their running back situation. And everybody keeps saying like Carson Wentz needs weapons, but there's no there doesn't seem to be a clear plan of how to do that. Marcus, you're missing the one, you know infallible certainty on the Eagles offense, and that is that Zach Ertz will put up monster fantasy numbers yeah, for roughly week after, 15 to After 17. Thanksgiving. <laughs> so that is known. After, that, after, that is know known. That. after Thanksgiving, Zach Ertz is money. The rest of the offense, aside from Jordan Matthews, a lot of question marks. All right, there you go. Uh, exactly. Uh, you, you mentioned tight end, running back, wide receiver. Uh, and, again, Carson Wentz is – it's not like Carson Wentz is, is money in the bank, right? I mean, he's a second-year player. I mean, we like what right. we saw at times – from Carson Wentz. You know what the funny thing about Carson Wentz, too, uh, that strikes me is first impressions are everything, right? Yes. Because he came out of the gates strong. Yep, for sure. He did not play well down the stretch. Not at all. No. At all. And yet we still feel like, oh, yeah, Carson Wentz is definitely that dude. So that's, I find that to be interesting. Hey, let's get into the combine, Everybody shall we? loves him. Yeah, they do. Are we not, not going to delve more into Mike Glennon? Because I thought that was <laughs> suitably ridiculous. I mean, we could. <laughs> we like, could. He, I mean, you could kill it if you want. I, no, I just don't understand because he's linked to the Bears. Yes. It's like you're paying him pretty much the same money you would pay Jay Cutler. That's right. For what? For somebody who might be as good? It's just ridiculous. I understand that when you, when you have a bad breakup yeah. that you make questionable decisions. Sure. Mike Lennon would be that questionable decision. Oh, yeah. That would be like, you're going out with him. You broke up with him to go out with. I don't get that <laughs> at all. And really, it's like Mike Lennon is like he's the last person at the bar at 2 in the morning, and there's a bunch of GMs who have their uh, quarterback goggles on who are trying to convince <laughs> themselves that this is, oh, this is a good yes. player. And they're like yes. talking it up. Yes. And I swear to great Caesars ghost himself, if you end up signing him, you're going to wake up the next morning or, saying, what do we do? Or in another version, Mike Glennon is the guy that's texting all the GMs who decided to stay at home and not go out at 2 a.m. saying, hey, you up? <laughs> you up? <laughs> or Mike Glennon's telling them, I'm up, if you're interested. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Mike Glennon could make up to $15 million per year. In free- we have to stop the What? Defense. What is happening? It really need. It's not cool. Who's his agent? Who's his agent? His agent is is a mastermind. Yeah, this has to be a story that's floated out there because everybody, I have to understand. I have to believe that if we are actually in Indianapolis with, yes. with all these general managers, then they are probably having a good laugh at this. I don't know, man. I hope. I don't know because Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports also reported that Mike Glennon's contract could get up to fifty. So this is not just some because that seems like like something the agent would say. It is. Yeah, he's I'm he's gonna get like fifteen mil. Here's the thing. 
It only takes one. It only takes one person. It only takes one. It only takes one person. <laughs> I do love it. Hey, let's talk about the combine. The two, you know, splashy guys, the two top uh two top names there at the running back class of what is supposed to be an absolutely loaded running back draft this year. Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, mixed reviews, no? From the combine, we'll start. What do we make of their performances, MG? We'll start with Leonard Fournette. Look, he came in overweight. Bottom line is, he came in overweight. Water weight, James. He just, nope, he just, water he weight. Chugged, nope. He had chugged like a 40 of water nope. or something, you know? 240 That pounds. doesn't happen to you? <laughs> you know, you're just a little bloated. You go out, you have some chicken wings, maybe you throw back a couple of IPAs. You're going to be a little <clears throat> bit heavier on Monday morning than you would be on Friday. When I, I love the fact. Training. Eating correctly. Here's the thing. I love that you brought that up because to me what that tells me is, and remember, he was dealing with an ankle injury late uh, in LSU season. But what that tells me is that a two, when he comes in, when you come into the combine at 240, what that tells me is that is it makes me question, are you eating right? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you taking preparation into the combine seriously? Do you have that self-discipline? Because I tell you what, if 240 is the weight that he's at right now, what happens two, three years down the road if he gets injured again. Does he get up to 250? That's a problem. That's an absolute problem. And to me, that, I don't know. I know he still ran a 4-5-1. See, that's the thing, though. So, you know, on, was it Friday when the running backs got going um, and word trickled through Twitter that the vertical leap for Leonard Fournette was 28 and a half inches, there was this this minor collective Leonard Fournette Twitter freakout. Oh, Yeah. And then he ran a four five one, and then it was all smooth sailing. At two forty, and then it just it all went away. You know, like they were <laughs> there were gifts of freight trains running through walls. You know, in but honor he, of Leonard Fournette. But is he rocked up? Like, is he? Does he look good? Is he? Like, yeah, he looks. He still looks he's good. shredded. He looks fine. He's not shredded. His arms are bigger than his head. That's for sure. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of impressive defensive players also going through this combine. And I look at Leonard Fournette, and I, I understand it was probably the smart business decision not to play in the bowl game, right? which is somewhat meaningless. But if Darius Geist did not go out there and absolutely crush it for LSU, I would feel a little bit better about Fournette, who I feel was in a situation similar to somebody akin to uh, what Ezekiel Elliott walked into, where he came in. Part of the reason he had such a phenomenal rookie season yes. was because he went to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, okay. You know, and I think Leonard Fournette had the You think LSU has that running game intact? Well, uh, either that or Geis is just also amazing, too, and this is just – they're just loaded with talent everywhere, which could obviously be the case because LSU has been turning out a lot of quality NFL starters. That's very true. uh, Offensively outside of quarterback. Uh, So it could be. I just don't – I think people are getting too wrapped up. They're they're getting too wrapped up in this, and I think we talked about this the last time. Sure. We brought up the running backs. It's like – that's not the way the NFL works anymore. We need guys who are more who can play all three downs, or who are at least. I feel like fantasy gonna, hipsters are going to hate Leonard Fournette. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're not going to be cool with him. No. I don't know. I think they I think they'll like him. You think so? I think it means fantasy hipsters in general, not uh, the not the not fantasy the, oh, not okay, the okay. fantasy. I meant just fantasy hipsters. Yeah, in general. Yeah, he's way too mainstream. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, I liked what uh, Fournette said too when he posted the terrible vertical inch. He's like, "I'm yeah. not a jumper." He's like, he was just basically like, "That's not me." And I saw somebody 
tweet a gif of after he ran that 40 time they were like this is Fournette's response to him you know not jumping very high and it was him just literally steamrolling people so he ran I mean like guys break tackles but Fournette's like the steamroller in Austin Powers just going over that guy yeah but I mean, at 4 5 except speed. not except four, not slowly except not slowly 4 5 1 he was 240 pounds he that's awesome his vertical inch or vertical vertical leap was 28 and a half inches that's all he did at the combine uh, in terms of his physical testing, he didn't do the bench. He didn't. He didn't do a lot of these measurements. Uh, was he winded after the forty? He looked good. I mean, I, they, the NFL handle does that fun like faces of the forty-yard dash tweet where they'll take screen grabs of everybody's face. All the running backs like their cheeks are huge. They look stressed. Fournette's like got a smirk <laughs> in his picture. I tweeted it. And I was like, "What?" Uh, uh, it was great. But I will say, uh, Graham Barfield, who we've talked about, uh, I think he's from Fantasy Insiders. On this podcast before, he's really great. We should get him on as a guest. Did tweet out that Dalvin Cook's weight-adjusted speed percentile score is the 64th percent. Fournette's is 94th percent. Man, it's pretty good. That's and you just good. think about a guy, even if he drops his little weight a little bit or stays at 240, 240 in the fourth quarter barreling down at you in the second level at, at I want 4 no or 5 speed. That. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of business decisions <laughs> made. Is he going to be at 4 or 5 speed in the fourth quarter? I, he, I mean, he I looks guess, like, I well, guess, he's going to be he's going to need a nap. He can't be because he won't he won't be playing all three downs. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's not a knock. I mean, it is a knock. Well, a big time knock. Not really considering how many three down backs are there in the NFL nowadays. Yeah, huh? but Leonard Fournette's not that guy. See, Leonard that's the thing about Leonard Fournette. You want him to be a three down guy. You need him to be a three down guy. He needs to catch the football to be a three down guy. That but that's why I'm saying it's a knock. And so he 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 can catch well enough. He's not. I think he like, will be a three down guy. You're not. You're not going to confuse him with Christian McCaffrey going no. out there running routes and no. catching passes like a receiver. I don't even think you're going to confuse him with Dalvin Cook. I, okay. mean, I think Cook is a better pass catcher than Fournette is. He is adequate. He is not great at it. He is adequate. Okay. Can we talk about Dalvin Cook then? He ran a pretty. He ran an okay forty. Pretty good. Uh, four point four nine. So he broke the four five barrier, which was important for him. Uh, but he was subpar. I mean. Everywhere else, a thirty and a half inch vert, not good. A nine and a half foot broad jump, that's not good. And one of the th- slowest three cone times uh, at the combine. Uh, I read on Roto World, who was citing three sigma athlete dot com, that Cook's Spark score was in the ninth yeah. percentile of NFL athletes. Yeah. So he's in the bottom ten percent of overall athleticism. I'm sad. Are you? I am sad because yeah. I really thought you I, liked Dalvin. Cook. I like Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I, I a I lot him, of people did. I had him before the combine as the number one. That's not because I dislike Fournette. I just thought Cook was a little bit better. So more um, versatile. Yeah. So seeing that, yeah, it's it's a disappointment. I you know I, I'm not off. I'm not suddenly off the Dalvin Cook train. I still think you know watching his tape and seeing what he did in actual game action does still count for a lot. But um, ninth percentile. I mean that. It's hard to ignore, like you know, like that's you have a big to, red flag. You, you have to at least take another look. So it's the kind of thing where I'm sure all the scouts, yep, after seeing that, they will go back and they will watch the tape again and they will watch it even harder and they will pick him apart. And I think you know Dalvin Cook's I going to be one of those names. I think that's what it names. is. Yeah, uh, he's going to be one of those names that you're going to hear a lot of. I mean, we got about seven weeks between now and the draft. And yeah. So in those seven weeks, you're going to hear a lot about him, and he could be a name that fluctuates wildly as to where he goes uh, you know, in the draft and what team he lands on. Um, 
if he goes out, he doesn't even have to be bad at the combine. I think if he's just okay at the combine, yep. he stays where he is. Right. But, but not having a good week in Indy um, suddenly means there are a whole lot more questions. About uh, by the way, what is Spark? <clears throat> you ask. S P A R Q. You hear it all the time. Per the Googles, Spark is an acronym for speed, power, agility, reaction, and quickness. The Spark rating is a scoring system designed to measure sport-specific athleticism. By the way. Leonard Fournette, no spark score because he did not do all the drills. Again, he only did the 40 and the vert. Do we give credit to Zach Whitman? Uh, he's on Twitter at ZJ Whitman, W-H-I-T-M-A-N. He's the guy that, uh, that put this up. Yeah. Okay. And as we were kind of talking about it, it's not 100% predictive of like a great fantasy success or anything like that. I was looking back at some of the historic numbers, and uh, like Jordan Howard was 28th percentile, Thomas Rawls 26th. Interesting. But it does highlight good guys and like the true freak athletes, such as David Johnson, uh-huh. who was near the top of his draft class. Makes a whole hell of a lot of scores. Sense. Makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. All right, let's talk about – I think Dalvin Cook was one of the losers in the Combine. Let's talk about some of the winners in uh, this week's Combine. And we'll start, of course, with John Ross. I mean, he absolutely blew up Twitter. Did he uh, not? Oh, yeah. I, I damn near burnt an omelet. Like, I was, like, watching the run <laughs> and, like, seeing the re- – and, like, when I saw the number pop up – I know! Like, I had to run back to the kitchen to keep from burning my breakfast. You know what was great, too, about that was that he ran a 4 to 240, which is a combine record. He broke the record set by Chris Johnson back in 2008, I do believe. Uh, Chris Johnson ran – CJ2K ran a 4 to 4 John Ross in official time. An official time of four two. Did you like feel the earth move when this happened, James? Did you have to? <laughs> there was a, fan, there, like, there was a disturbance of the force. Right. <laughs> Did Baby Co like wake you up, shaking you on the ground, like Daddy? Are you okay? <laughs> I watched him run. I watched him run, and I was and I was saying to myself, like, man, he can move. But I thought he ran a four three. Mm-hmm. I thought he ran a four three five just off the eyeball test. And and it was funny too, right? Because the because NFL Network built the drama up because they didn't. They didn't give you the unofficial score super quick. It's almost as if the clock guys were double-checking. Yes. I thought the same thing. Before they actually put up the unofficial time. I thought the same thing because he ran it and there was no score, no no time. I think Mike Mayock said, well, where's, What's the, where's, where's the, time? the time? Where's the time? Where's the time? Everyone was like, where's the time? <laughs> and then the four two two pops up and it was like, <gasps> Rich Eisen and Mike Mayock lost it. Here comes Richard Gere with the stopwatch. Oh, oh my no, God. Actually, it was a 4-2. It was amazing. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Charlie Casterly tweeted out something interesting too, right? Because he was at the combine and he said five of the six Six uh, manual stopwatch guys had him sub four yes. two mm-hmm. sub as low as four, four one two. six I believe is what I saw between four one six and four one nine and the six guy had him at a four two five but the the speed is for reals now here's the thing can he's, I he's good can I ask you this though let me, let me ask you this I I thought it was interesting right because he pulled up uh, at the end and, and had some cramps there. I felt like it was really good for John Ross and also really not I don't want to say bad but also kind of uh if you're doing confirmation bias, right? John Ross couldn't stay healthy when he was at Washington and here he is. He he absolutely blows the top off the 40 and of course, he's injured now and he doesn't do the rest of the combine. Literally a mic drop. Literally a mic drop. A 422 breaks the record. Like- Twitter just absolutely explodes and then he's like, "All right, cool, I'm done." Yeah, why would you continue to go out? It's like when you go out and you, you're you doing karaoke. If you nail your first song, don't go back up on the There stage. you go. Don't ever do that. You're like, all right, <laughs> I just crushed uh, Suspicious Minds. 
I'm not going to go out there and try to rap bust a move. Like, I'm just not going to, you know. Okay. I'm going to save that. I'm okay. going to go back. I think I could do it, but the glory, it's not worth it. Um, I, John Ross is one of Matt Harmon's uh, favorite players too, right? He likes him. I feel like he was uh, somewhere in his three to five range for top wide receivers, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I think he at Corey Davis might have been number one. Oh, sure, sure. And then uh, I think Mike Williams, Mike John Williams. Ross, yeah, and, uh, then, uh, and you know Chris Godwin, his boy, who also had a great combine, oh, yeah. was up there. Oh, yeah. And uh, But, I mean, this has got to solidify his place in the first round. I think no question about it. Yeah, I mean. Oh, here we go. No? He's, I, think no? He, I, I think he's in the first round. Uh, I think that the question is, was this enough? to make him the number one, and simply because uh, Mike Williams didn't do much of anything. What he did do was kind of disappointing. Pedestrian. Uh, Corey Davis was injured and yeah. didn't wasn't there didn't at all. 40, right? exactly. So, you know, sometimes, as, as our friend Elliot Harrison would say, sometimes your best ability is your availability, and the fact that John Ross showed up and killed at least the or one, one drill. did. One hey, drill. Hey, look. It's amazing. You want to know more? Go watch the tape. <laughs> Go look at the tape. Did Elliot Harrison it, coin that phrase? I don't think hey, he I did. Think no. I just know he says it more than uh, anyone your else. Your best ability is your availability. I, You know what? Also, though, when that happened, yeah, and uh, this is why I sometimes hate Twitter. Because right after it happened, I yes. said, oh, great. Now John Ross is going to be slated to the Raiders in every mock draft. And I got a bunch of dudes in my mind. A bunch of Raider fans are like, dude, we don't do that anymore. We don't. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. I'm making fun of the idiots who do mock drafts who will lazily just be like, oh, he should be a ringer. I think uh, the one thing, though, about – and it was impressive what he did. But he reminds me – or it's similar to uh, Brandon Cooks. And the Saints won a first-round draft pick mm-hmm. for Brandon Cooks. So if you're a team like the Tennessee Titans who could use some team speed, they just need somebody to stretch that defense. 100%. Would you rather take your first round? And I think they have multiple because they've got yep. – don't they have the Rams? Uh, would you want to take one of your first-round picks and be like, I'd rather have Brandon Cooks because he's a little bit more established, anything like that, or would you want to draft John Ross? I think I'd rather have John Ross. First of all, the financials, obviously, a tip in John Ross's favor. And the other thing is I think he's a very, I think he's a very polished wide receiver. I really like him. I think his floor is Deshaun Jackson. Obviously, that's a semi-lazy comparison. That's a, that's a, but that's another good one, too. Like, the Rams are possibly a, a landing spot for Deshaun Jackson. I think I would want him more than Deshaun Jackson, that's for sure. John Ross? Yes. For the price? For sure. For the price. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, obviously moving forward as well. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun's, Deshaun's yeah, I mean, Deshaun's, you know, his best years are behind him, I would imagine. Oh, All right. but I like the Brandon Cooks, though. Do you? If I'm the if I'm the Titans, I'd I mean, what does he do game. other than run the vertical? That's what you need. Well, he okay. catches the football, but Drew Brees is kind of a quarterback socialist. He is. He likes to spread the ball around. <laughs> he does. He if does. Bernie Sanders was an NFL quarterback, uh-huh. he'd be Drew Brees. He'd make like sure everybody's he's happy. The, he's the Bernie Sanders of <laughs> NFL quarterbacks. Wow. <laughs> but oh if, my. That's great. But Marcus Mariota could be out there and just be like, just throw the ball deep. That. I don't. I, no, I feel Marcus like Mariota is going to spread it around too. I All right, feel like we got to move on, man. Uh, do Chris, we? Yeah, we do. Chris John Godwin. Ross was the most talked about guy on Saturday, and we're spending too much. Fine, go. Let's. You know on. what? How dare you? No, let's move on. <laughs> How dare you? Chris Godwin, MG ran a four four two forty. 19 reps on the bench, which is super good for a wide receiver, uh, and he looked amazing. I thought he was outstanding on those drills. What was your takeaway? Uh, one that he pretty much built on what he did in the Rose Bowl. When he tortured, what was it nine catches or he something? Tortured Adoree Jackson and the Trojan secondary oh, up and down the field. Destroyed them. Um, you know, and it's funny because talking, you know, we talk with Matt Harmon obviously pretty regularly. Yeah, uh, and 
he was he's been saying for the last week or so to keep an eye on Chris Godwin and that he was really you know he really liked the stuff he saw from him as he was you know charting him for reception perception uh, and that he had inside sources saying that Godwin was going to kill at the combine that he could potentially work his way into day one um, and it all came true and which says a lot in a in a a wide receiver draft class that right now is pretty top heavy yeah it is. Um, He's pushing up, I think, up to the top. I don't think he's in that top three echelon, the, nah. you know, the, the Davis, Williams, Ross, but uh, he's, I think, solidly in that second tier, and, and somebody's going to get a really good wide receiver with him. I agree with that because he's got an interesting combination of size and speed, right? So 6'1", 2'10", and then also ran a 4'4", 4'4", 2'40". So good speed, uh, very good speed, and decent size as well. But you're right. he's not. I don't think he's going to push into that Mike Williams territory only because of the size. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Adam Rank. Yeah, buddy. Talk to me about him. He had a very good combine as well. I, for an offensive player, I don't think anybody did better than him. All around showed all of his range, what he's going to be able to bring okay. uh, to a team. I think, you know, a lot of people look at him and they'll say, well, he's not going to be an every down running back and everything like that. And I'm like, which is fine if this was 1977 and we were needing running backs like that. It, it, it's a new era of the yeah. NFL, and I see him – as kind of, oh, this is going to be so lazy because it's comparing him to a white player. But you compare him to, like, Julian Edelman. Okay. But a Julian Edelman that can run the football. Right. You know, and I, I just kind of think that if he goes to the right team, goes to a creative team, and thankfully the uh, thankfully Jeff Fisher is no longer in the NFL. Thank you. But if he goes to a creative team, yes. they can just find ways to get the ball into his hands because that's really what you want. Like, right. is he a three-down running back per se? Absolutely not. But is he a player who could be on the field for all three downs and oh, yeah. find ways to get the ball in his hands? I'd say absolutely. He's a guy who lines up in the slot on first down. You can put him there. You can run him in the backfield when you need to. I think he's going to be able to do a lot of different things. He's such a great punt returner and a special teams player as well, which he'll, we'll probably get one year out of him doing that stuff because True. he'll be way too valuable. Right. Like, ah, uh, no. But I look at it, and I look at a career like a, a guy like uh, Darren Sproles has had. Okay. I think he's better. Like, he's a better version of somebody like Darren Sproles, and I'm excited about him. I wish the Bears had a need for him, but I honestly think, like, any team would have a need for him. I, I le Legitimately, if he he's not going to fall to the second round. It would, be a, it would be a mistake. But if he did, I'd be like, because my friends and I were talking about this. They're like, well, it's too bad. We'd, I'm like, bro, you could use a Christian McCaffrey, or you could use Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he's a. just a great all-around football <clears throat> yeah, player. He's going he's he's to find a home. He's going to go and contribute, and I don't care if you have a – like even the Cowboys wanted to take him. Hmm. I think it would make sense. Interesting. Okay. Wizkid? Uh, who am I talking about? Or are we still on McCaffrey? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, or? no, no. I just want to know if you ha if you have thoughts on Christian McCaffrey. No, I think he's going to be great, and I uh, I think he proved in college he's capable of running between the tackles. If his body will withstand, you know, a twenty touch a game pounding, that remains to be seen a little bit. But he's got like this is one of those guys where a lot of times you hear in the scouting vernacular like bloodlines and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, his dad was a long season pro in the NFL. His mom was a like an Olympic level or a, yep, Stanford a Stanford Olympic athlete, a, a, yeah. an Olympic athlete as well. Like the guy's got good genes. He's got good athletic genes. So he's going to be a difference maker in some offense. And I think right away, I mean, we were kind of talking about this on the episode with Lance, like he could have like Reggie Bush rookie year appeal, not saying he's going to go out and catch 98 passes or whatever absurd number rookie Reggie Bush caught. But you know, if he, if he falls to a team like the Packers or the Patriots, if they want to, you know, get younger over James White and Deion Lewis or something like that, like, 
he could be a, a PPR stud in his rookie season. I don't see how he doesn't get 15 to 20 overall touches a game. I mean, even he should. If, even if it's twelve carries and five catches, yeah, I think that's oh, do- I think that's absolutely doable. One hundred percent, yeah. So I mean, yeah, he is one of those guys to me. In fantasy, he is going to move up draft boards quick. I would say I think his role will make him a relatively safe weekly play. And like, and not I'm not doing this to say like the white to white comparison, but like Danny Woodhead a couple years ago, you weren't always gonna get twenty points, but like. You were never going to get fewer than like eight points. Yeah, like McCaffrey seems like the kind of guy that bare minimum is just going to be used enough to be like a nice flex play, and then when he pops, yeah, his <clears throat> it, it depending on what team he goes to, his touchdown potential exactly will determine his overall draft grade. But you're right uh, in terms of just week to week yardage totals. I think you're right. I think anywhere between twelve to twenty touches a game uh, would I, I would confidently take Christian McCaffrey and be confident that he would give me anywhere between you know you know seventy to a hundred total yards. Scrimmage yards, yeah. yeah, fifty and fifty. You know yeah. what I mean? Fifty receiving, absolutely. 50. Like what if a team like the Colts had him? Oh. Although they got T.Y. Hilton, so they might not necessarily need a slot guy uh, in that vein. But well, T.Y. likes to run vertical too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I like him with the Colts uh, to pair him with a guy like Frank Gore. It'd be fun if yeah, they used good. like this last year of Frank Gore to kind of ease in McCaffrey yeah. a little bit and then gave him a shot at the featured role. That's right. With I mean, the- they were yeah they were running out Josh Ferguson. Yeah. So they're desperate. It just it just seems like the Colts have so many needs that perhaps it would be a luxury, but. It'd be fun to see. Hundred percent putting them with, and, and I obviously they have the dumb Stanford connection. But then we'd have to hear that. <laughs> like we finally get rid of Kobe Fleener, so we could finally <laughs> stop doing the Andrew Luck Kobe Fleener thing. Maybe they'll be roommates. Oh my God! Yes. Maybe they'll be roommates. Have that happen? Okay. That would be wonderful. Uh, Alvin Kamara, Marcus Grant. I don't. I don't understand the crazy hype. Same. Uh, watching the game tape. Uh, but Mike Mayock uh, pointed out uh, one or two games that you know where he really, really played well. Uh, and I know our guy Bucky Brooks. I mean, Bucky Brooks just loves Alvin Kamara. Can you talk to me about what you thought about his combine? Performance? He is a scout's darling. And overall, like watching the tape, I'm with you. Like I, I don't get it. I don't see it. Uh, I mean, I. I watch Alvin Kamara and I see a guy who's very active and very busy and his feet are always moving and he's always kind of in in action. But I also think I watched him and saw a guy who was the epitome of confusing activity for progress. Um, That's a great way to put it. There was a lot of stuff going on. He just wasn't really getting anywhere as far as I was concerned. And look, and I know, you know, as I've kind of debated this a little bit on Twitter with people, um, you know, yes, I get it. Jalen Hurd was there at Tennessee at the start of the year, and yep. Hurd was supposed to be all world, and he was going to take most of the carries there. Oh, Once- dude, did you guys see Jalen Hurd's mom? No. Jalen Hurd's mom threw shade at Alvin Kamara. What? So Alvin Kamara had this great combine. Jalen Hurd's mom put out on Twitter, um, <clears throat> there's a reason Alvin Kamara was the backup. I mean, whoa! whoa. And, then, and, then, and, then, and then she finished it off with, you'll see. I mean, it's like, what? Come so, on, so, dude. I mean, we, look, we, <laughs> earlier, earlier on this podcast, we were talking about the fact that Dalvin Cook had a terrible spark score, that he was ninth percentile. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, 79th percentile. Yeah. He was the highest scoring uh, running, running back. back. Yeah. yeah. He killed it. He killed it from an athletic standpoint. But what I keep going back to is even after Jalen Hurd left, after he transferred out of the program there in Still a backup. The guy who led the, the, the team in, in rushing attempts and yards was the quarterback, Josh Dobbs. Yep. Uh, John Kelly was still there. He still got a lot of opportunity. I just keep feeling like, and look, I know, I know the argument is 
what you see a guy do in college is not necessarily indicative of everything he can do. But I just keep asking, if he can do so much more, why didn't Tennessee ask him to do more? Why is it that he even even once Jalen Hurd was gone, most of what you saw from Alvin Kamara was kind of as a passing down back, as a third down back, that sort of thing. He just he never had more than, I think, 18 touches in a game mm-hmm. at any point. The usage rate just wasn't there to give me the kind of confidence to think that he can be, especially now this talk that he could be a day one guy. That's crazy. I've even heard that some teams have him as their number one running back. Come on. This blows me away. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm just, I don't see it. And so I'm still waiting. I keep wanting, I keep wanting to go back to the That's tape so... and seeing if maybe I missed something, but I, I'm just, I'm blown away by the whole So the overall scores for Alvin Kamara, 5'10". He's 215 pounds. So, you know, it's not he's not small, but he's definitely not a bigger back. He's a, a good size for a running back. Uh, but you take a look at some of his overall numbers, a 4'5", 40, which is, eh, it's so-so. Uh, he had 15 reps on the bench, which is, again, pretty so-so. Uh, he had a 39.5-inch vertical, which is outstanding. Yep. It's amazing. That is outstanding. And then you take a look um, at what he did in terms of the uh, the broad jump. He had an 11-foot broad jump as well, which was the highest scoring uh, or the, the, the furthest dif- distance traveled uh, on the broad jump. The best score on the broad jump is what I'm trying to say here uh, for Alvin Kamara. So his overall spark score was, was pretty high. But, again, I don't know. You take a look at some of the 40, you know, and the bench. It's not like he's got burner speed. It's not like he's got uh, crazy good, you know, strength either. So – I guess I'm just confused. Once he goes to the Jags in the second round, though, I'm going to absolutely convince myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go, Duval. I like it. Um, of course, when you see Alvin Kamara back up running back and then you see the Tennessee thing, a lot of people make that comparison to uh, Arian Foster. Arian Foster. As, but Arian Foster was – didn't he go undrafted? He did go undrafted. Oh, yeah. So I think, I think that is the – I think that's the difference. I think that's the difference. All right. Um, Alex Gelhar, talk to me about Deshaun Watson. Well, I think uh, – the quarterbacks are uh, a part of the draft, the upcoming draft, that I'm fascinated to watch play out because there's really like there's really no consensus number one. I feel depending on who you talk to, some say it's Deshaun Kaiser, some say it's Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky, Mitchell. and others yes. say Deshaun Watson. I think Watson was carrying the most, uh, strangely perhaps, uh, knocks against him coming into the combine of yeah, inaccuracy issues or or uh, downfield accuracy is bad of. Uh, Decision making with some of the turnovers, but seventeen interceptions. He he lit it up at the combine. He I was accurate him. on his him. on his his drops. His footwork was great. He was precise and he looked cool. And apparently he did well in the interviews. So I I hope that bolstered him. But I'm just gonna be I'm really fascinated to see where these guys go in the draft because I'm wondering if this isn't gonna be like uh, what year was it 2011 where Cam went first and then like it was. Jake Locker went high, and Gabbert went high, and then Christian Ponder was all of a sudden drafted at 12. And everybody's <laughs> like, what is happening? So I'm curious to see if that will happen in this draft as well. Um, and I thought Deshaun Watson really helped his cause in this in this area here. Because the, think- one th- the one thing that he has working in his favor, I think, as we talked about in the preview, is He's a winner, and he's yeah. he's done it against the best of the best in college football, which some of these other guys can't he just say looks they did. So poised, he does. He looks so poised, he looks so poised. All he does is win. Yeah, he does. Very poised. I don't know, man. I don't. Boy, I don't... There's there's Tim. That's the Tim Tebow talking points now. Uh oh. Please, he's a winner. He's Tim, a winner. Tim Tebow it's never th- <laughs> never threw a pass as pretty as some of the ones Watson has thrown in his life. He's a winner. Well, it was great he's in interviews. Uh... Great in interviews. Yeah. 
good. I don't know. I I would let him date my daughter. All we need to hear is that one. <laughs> then we've hit. Then we've hit the Tebow cycle there. Good, good, good. Perfect. It'd be a little creepy because she's twenty months, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? The whole thing I do that that one baffling draft with the Jake Locker Christian Ponder thing. Right. I think that also holds a stigma. For teams like we're, I, not, I agree. we're not doing that again. That's like, true. We're not. They learned from history a little that. bit. Yeah, because like none of those three panned out. Even in a world where Mike Glennon seems like a pretty, you know, like a like an alternate, like a an actual starting quarterback next season, I think a lot of these quarterbacks just seem a little too risky, especially when you have such depth, especially in the secondary. And I'm looking at um, the defensive players. This I'm looking at this Bucky draft. Brooks, the mock draft that he put out on uh, NFL.com. On NFL.com just yeah. recently, where he has Miles Garrett and then Malik Hooker, Jamal Adams, and then just defensive players coming yeah. off the board because it just seems so much safer. And if you saw the defensive backs running on the last day of the combine, you're like, yeah, I don't I don't like any quarterbacks now. Like, <laughs> there was five dudes who ran like four 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 three forties. Yeah. And like, oh, Mike Lennon's like these bad quarterbacks are going to have it even worse now because these guys right. are tall and they're fast. And they got good ball skills, too. And I think they're going to have, like, at some point, they're going to have to make legislation where it's like, yeah, <laughs> cornerbacks can only be 5'9". 5'9 <laughs> and under. If you're above 5'9", you above five nine, you have to play receiver. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, hey, AG, talk to me about Samaj P. Ryan. I loved him coming into the year. Um, I thought he was okay. Uh, you know, what is he like? I do enjoy uh, five, saying ten? his name. Samaj P. Ryan? Right. Yeah. Well, I think the, the combine kind of uh, cemented some things people expected. He doesn't have breakaway long speed or anything like that. He, he ran, is, a, a, he ran a, the 40 in the mid-four sixes. Yes. That's, that's I mean, but you watch his tape. He was never running away from anybody. It's true. But he was. He would steamroll some people, and he proved also the, the benefit, which is more uh, from the combine, which is a little bit more useful for a player like him, is he showed great lateral agility and short area quickness in the, the other drills, like the it's three-cone true. drill and which things like surprising. that. Which was surprising. Which was, I mean, surprising for him to finish so high. Yes. So I think that's why it, it probably assuaged some concerns for teams. And I, I like okay. him, and I put uh, Samuel Boom Williams on here as well because they both had solid combines to back up a little bit of pre-combine hype. I think these are going to be names that we kind of want to watch. Jeremy McNichols, I think, would be another one, and Lance hyped him up too. Out of Boise State? Out of Boise, Boise State. Yeah. If uh, if the right team scoops these guys up in those middle to late rounds, like yeah. four through six, oh, yeah. we could see kind of a, a Jordan Howard or Alfred Morris situation where if one of these guys wins out or gets the opportunity, they could be relatively productive in fantasy. I'm not saying they're going to set rookie records or anything, but yeah. they could they could put up some solid numbers. And it's also worth noting too with, with Pirine, uh, I mean, this is a guy who ended up getting more attention because of Joe Mixon not yep. being on the field at Oklahoma, Mixon was the number one, the yeah. hands down, uh, you know, top back there in, in Norman. And then when he had his off-field issues uh, and wasn't playing, then P. Ryan started to get more. But I mean, keep in mind, I mean, even before Mixon was a household name, P. Ryan was setting literally the collegiate record for uh, rushing yards in a single game. What did he have? Like four thirty in a game. I mean, so it, this this guy is a good player in and of his own right. Um, I thought he was going to be – I thought he was going to win that starting job, mostly because, look, Mixon is um, a bit of a headache off the field. Uh, we saw the tape of him, you know, hitting that woman. Um, and so that's obviously – that's horrendous. It's funny. Pirine is the exact opposite. Pirine is, by all accounts, a good dude. Pirine is a well-spoken guy, very intros- introspective. I really liked – 
what I heard from P. Ryan um, off the field as well. I, I saw a bunch of his interviews as well. Man, he is I, – I love Samaje P. Ryan. I just was super disappointed in that mid-4-6-40. Um, I just don't know if that gets it done in the NFL. But you're right, uh, short area quickness w- was pretty good. Um, can we talk about some of the combine losers? And I think to me the the one guy that stood out in terms of just his stock falling was Cooper Cup. Yeah, um, Cooper Cup. The one thing I said, one of the things I said about him going into the combine after his big senior bowl week when he got all this hype and started to get a lot of more attention, yeah, was that he had to go to the combine and he didn't necessarily have to run fast, but he didn't, but he couldn't be slow, and he turned out to be kind of slow. <sighs> a, a four six two and a four six five forty. That so, is oh for a wide receiver. I mean, because you figure he's already he already has the one strike against him of. The, the conference he played in. I mean, yep. Being at Eastern Washington, playing in the Big Sky Conference where you're not lining up against a lot of great teams. Pass-heavy offense. Pass-heavy offense. Um, you know, and I know that people like to talk about you know what he did against Washington back in 2014. Um, and I need to go back and watch this because I, I, I need to confirm this for myself because originally the talk was, well, you know, he, he really took it out on Marcus Peters. Yeah. But – now there's some other reports, some you know maybe some potential alternative facts that maybe he didn't line up against Peters nearly as much as people said. So I'm I am trying. So to, Peters was on the field, right? But not but lined necessarily up in, on in the stadium, Cup. right? Okay. So I I want to go back and see that for myself. Um, but uh, you know this, it just I mean he took he took a lot of that con- that uh, senior bowl momentum and it just kind of laid there on the turf. And it, I I will but, I want to add though too that the forty time is not the the end all be all for wide receivers. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys, or maybe not a lot, but we've seen a number of good players still produce at the NFL level with subpar forties. Kelvin Benjamin ran a four six one. Anquan Bolden ran a four seven seven. Larry Fitzgerald I think ran in the four sixes as well. Like. It's it's not a death sentence for a guy who, and especially for a guy like Cup, who people have praised his route running and his ability to, to you know set up his moves and and it's shake true. defenders and stuff right. like that. He doesn't need elite long speed to get himself open. The difference, was, and I look, and I want to like Cup. The difference is between him and those other guys you mentioned is that those other guys also performed well against higher level competition. That's fair. Jerry right. Rice ran a four seven allegedly, but I doubt that. Fitzgerald went to Pitt, so he was in the ACC. Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> he would have been in the Big East back then. That's worse. true. That's true. That's true. That's Super worse. That's true. That's true. The one thing the, the though, UConn DBs that he was talking. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why was Cooper Cup? Why was he celebrated? Because of stuff he was doing on the football field at the Senior Bowl, and now people don't like him because he wasn't good in track and field events. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> let him, let him go. Point. Like, fine, let him drop. I don't care. I'll I'll take him. I will he's say a, he's a good. Listen, I I got I I get the knocks, but when somebody comes out and, and is impressive, going against other football players, I would I put more stock into that. And I think that there are some coaches and GMs who are looking at that are probably probably secretly delighted that he ran a bad forty. Ran, like, <laughs> fine, I think I think part of. Cooper Cup's evaluation will eventually be where he gets drafted. Yeah. Um, you know, like if he's a day two guy somewhere, um, I think people will look at it a little more reasonably than if, you know, people were talking about him as a, a first round guy. Uh, so, look, I, I get all that. You know, it just it, it was it was not what people were expecting from him after the senior bowl. I mean, I think also when we talk about guys like Kelvin Benjamin or Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, it's just a size matchup problem, right? Like Cooper Cup is 6'2", 205. 
That's not a that's not a physical matchup problem. You know what I mean? He's going to beat you with precision route running and what we thought was plus speed. I mean, when I heard Mike Mayock talk about Cooper Cup um, and talking about how he could just get away from defenders, blah 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 blah. I'm I'm thinking, okay, this kid. I mean, and by the way, if you've never seen game tape, he is such an awkward runner. I mean, it's all knees and elbows. It it's not. He is it not just, a smooth it, runner it by looks any. So labeled. <laughs> so labeled. Um, but he is getting away from DBs. So at six two two oh five, look, he's he's not beating you with just. Kelvin Benjamin was slow, but man, that dude is boxing you out. He's a power forward, uh, playing wide receiver. Larry Fitzgerald just. Strong as an ox. He's going to box you out. Cooper Cup's not that dude. He's going to beat you with precision. And, again, what we thought was some decent long speed. But, man, 4-6, I, I don't know. I You know what? I wonder, AG2, if did he train properly for the 40? You know what I mean? Some guys just work on football drills. Mm-hmm. And some guys literally prepare for these combine events. I, I wonder if Cooper Cup actually got proper coaching to work on his 40 time. Who knows? But, I mean, we're spending a lot of time on Cooper Cup here. <laughs> I think we should probably move on. All right. uh, the other loser I wanted to add was Dante Foreman because he was a guy we talked about in the preview. Did. People were wondering about you know some weight issues with him. How would he stack up and stuff? Comes in. Uh, medicals reveal a stress fat fracture in his foot he not did good. not know about, so he couldn't do anything at the combat. Hey, what did he weigh in at? 240? Because his playing I weight was 250. He, play, he was most recently clocked at like 250. I think he came in a little lighter. Yeah. yeah. Might be so right. he had lost a lot of weight in, in preparation for the combine. But it was, uh, oh, man. it's It sucks for him because, you know, again, uh, he was very productive at Texas. But, again, that stress fracture in his foot prevented him from running. Yeah, and it's, uh, it reminded me a little bit of, I mean, it's a different type of injury. But uh, David Cobb a couple years ago was running the 40 and uh, – Pulled a quad or something wow. like that, and that kind of slowed the whole role of his rookie year. I mean, he would turn out not to be that great of a player, so it uh, didn't impact everything. But uh, just it's not, not a, a chance. It's not a great start for Dante Foreman. It's true. It's very true. All right, should we make a call into the wild? Uh, I think we shall. Give me just a second here to uh, dial. Okay, we're gonna make a call into the wild. We're gonna call the old uh, franchise, Franchito. We're gonna see what he's going on with. Let's let's keep talking, Coop. Should we call? <laughs> I, I I do want to say though one of the maybe one of the bigger surprises of the weekend All right. was uh, our our new colleague Steve Smith. Oh, he's the best. Having Cooper Cup as his number one wide receiver. What? He oh, did. Not. Oh, in your face! No, he, he did, did not. He did. Steve Smith said Cooper Cup is his number Steve one. Steve Smith. Yes, bro. Sporks breaking sporks blood and no. guts ice up son no. had uh, Cooper Cup. First of all, he was hilarious. He was he was very good. It's good. It was like very, stand-up very comedy out there. Well, let's Steve. not be let's not be. Let's not. <laughs> there's funny for an athlete, and then there's genuinely funny people. <laughs> I would put Steve Smith in a genuinely funny person. <laughs> okay, you're just saying that because you're afraid that he's going to listen to this podcast at some point and and find you. No, no, he, he already doesn't like me. It's right, cool. Hold, hold oh, is that true? Uh, he doesn't. Back when I was on a different podcast. Uh oh. Let's go. Let's see what happens. This is going to be interesting. We're making a call into the wild. Franchise, do we have you? 
What's up? Oh, yeah, we got franchise. What's up, pal? <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? It's the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. That was the least clean call into the wild we've done, but and I didn't mean to I, cut you off on your epic story rank about yeah, you did, though. whatever the heck Which you were Which is a smart move. About, that was perfect. That's, that's, a good, exactly that's a good producer move. how you move. timed it. That's <laughs> great you know, producer move. You know, I, I, I'm surprised that uh, the franchise would come on this podcast with us after uh, the oh my God. the thought, debut episode of that's the right. Fantasy Hipsters podcast. They, uh, you know, I don't... Five minutes into the show, we were taking random shots at, at this. <laughs> well, it wasn't hey, no, that wasn't me. That was Harmon. Okay? <laughs> Sometimes when Harmon rants, you just have to let him go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, wh- what are you up to right now, bud? Uh, I'm actually looking at some some uh, articles, some recaps on the combine because I got an article of my own to write for Ooh, Fantasy Pros. Okay. Oh, What's uh, what's do, the, do what's some the research? Yeah, what's the topic that you got going on for your own article? My article will be combine surprises, so I'm just kind of combing through some of the what were the expectations for certain guys and yeah. some guys that sort of jumped jumped off the page and some guys that disappointed. And I was pretty upset that my boy Don, Dante Foreman didn't show up because he had an, a foot injury, but. And your other boy Jamal yeah. Williams kind of had a uh, disappointing outing at the combine, from what I was seeing. He he did what? The guy from uh, BYU. Utah, BYU, yeah, had a little bit of a disappointing outing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, the 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 running backs weren't too exciting. Though. There was some exciting stuff going on with the wide receivers, though, so that's nice to see. Okay. Yeah, for sure. All right, there you go. Hey, how was your uh, how was the fantasy hipsters podcast, dude? Oh, it was good. It was awesome. I've actually just was texting with Harmon right now. We're looking at uh, some topics for this week's episode, and uh, you know we're going to keep that a secret for now. But it's wow. going well. Thank okay. you for asking. Okay, there you go. I didn't get I through. I, I got through the first uh, twenty minutes of the podcast. I was I was very impressed. I liked it a lot. Well, thanks, James Co. There you go. All right. I uh, announced right after they were crowing about their sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you listened to about two minutes of it? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> They're gone. gone. <laughs> uh, uh, pa- pants or no pants when you write these articles? Uh, sweatpants. Sweatpants. So barely pants. pants. It was, it was kind of chilly so this morning pants, in Los yeah. Angeles, yeah. Okay. Let's well, warm up now. most comfortable of pants. Uh, other question. Do you believe yeah. in drinking while writing? Uh no, no drinking while writing. No. Okay. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that kind of writer. I drink after I write to reward myself. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll I'll throw that out to the room. I'm in. A, I'm in a room full of writers. Any of you guys believe in drinking while writing? Uh, I mean, not while I'm here on the clock, but uh, <laughs> I was say you're not at not at my desk and at work. Marcus and I have discussed it before. If you're writing uh, creatively or other things, uh, follow the advice of the uh, great Ernest Hemingway and write drunk, edit sober. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Do you guys believe in that? I do. I right? subscribe to that. Not every time. It's. Uh, I think it's an unsustainable p- practice. <laughs> <laughs> Rank? I'm usually clean. Okay. All right. Doing that. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. How's uh, How's Mrs. Franchise doing, buddy? Oh, she's doing really well. She's doing really well. She had She had the iHeart Radio Music Awards last night that she was at. Oh, so. was that yesterday? Was that, that in Burbank? Was last night, yeah. Is that in Burbank? Do they do that there? It was uh, at the Forum. In L.A.? Oh, in Inglewood. Okay, great. In L.A., right here in L.A. Okay. Anything else you want to plug, pal, before we let you go? Uh, No, you know, just listen to the Fantasy Hipsters and listen to the Fantasy Live podcast and and read all the good articles you guys pump out on NFL.com slash fantasy. Oh, look at that. A little cross-promotion. That was nice. There we go. Too kind. Franchise. He does it on this one. Let's see. 
Let's see what he happens let's on the fantasy. Let's, let's see what I'm saying on his other his actual <laughs> back, podcast. Back on the fantasy hipsters, you're going to be talking about beard oil. That's true. And burying this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're too mainstream for them, dude. <laughs> I think that's, that's what right. it is. It's good. All right, we got the Franchito on the horn. Hey, thanks for taking time, pal. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Later, we'll franchise. Call into the wild. Brought to you by the fantasy hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> Check out their podcast. Check out their podcast. All right, let's do daily daps to close out the show. Extra, extra, read all about it. All right, Daily Dap Time, I'll kick us off. How about Legion? The FX show is terrific. Oh, my God, it's such a good show. Uh, go check it out if, uh, if you have not already. Really, really good show. Uh, there are four episodes in, so, uh, man, I, I'm just I'm pumped about it. Uh, Daily Dap's to Run Rich Run. Um, I know he does it every single year. It goes to a good cause. But if you think about the humble beginnings of Run Rich Run and then where it is today, I, I, I think it's a testament to Rich. I think it's a testament to, you know, um, you know, believing in something. So I, I just I, I'm, I'm impressed by it every single year. And I know it's such a simple, simple concept. But um, the fact that, you know, he's able to raise so much money for St. Jude uh, Children's Hospital, whatever it is. I don't know, man. I think it's very impressive, so that's very cool. Um, I'll also piggyback on that. I will give daily daps to, uh, after day one of the combine, after the running backs ran, uh, after the combine was over, NFL Network had a very lengthy and in-depth conversation about Joe Mixon. Not invited to the combine, uh, is expected to be drafted. Probably, you know, if we're just talking about talent, this is a dude that could go in the first round, probably won't go uh, till, you know, the, the second, possibly the third day, but probably in day number two of the NFL draft, somewhere in the second or third round. But was not invited to the combine because, you know, the video surfaced of him a couple years ago punching a woman in the face when he was a student at Oklahoma. It was hard to watch that video. Um, he had apologized for it, um, yada, yada, yada. But he's had some other incidents as well. The NFL did not invite him to the Combine because of it. And they had a, such an interesting conversation on the network about what it means. Should they have invited him but not let him run? Should they force him to do counseling? I mean, I thought Mike Mayock's take of, look, bring him, don't let him, or invite him, don't let him run any events, but let make him run the the gauntlet of interviews and just put him through the ringer and let's see what the kid is all about. Um, and I think he also suggested uh, you know therapy, counseling, which I'm a big proponent of. I don't see how you take a guy in the NFL who has this history and don't require some level of counseling and therapy. I, I just don't see it. But uh, kudos to NFL Network because, look, they spent about 10 minutes on it, and it was a fearless conversation. Producers had to have a hand in that. The anchors had to have a hand in that. The analysts had to have a hand in that. And they all bought in. They all bought in. And I, and I really enjoyed that conversation. I thought, to me, as much as I love – you know I love the Combine. To me, that was the most interesting thing of day one. Uh, Marcus Grant. Yes, go ahead. Do you think he gets? I don't. I I firmly believe he doesn't get drafted. Oh, oh I think he'll get drafted. Oh, he's definitely getting drafted. I feel like you think of people who have had. Tyreek Hill got drafted in in round five. 
But there wasn't video, was there? No, there, there was not. I think if somebody, I, I go back to what uh, Vontez Perfect went through, mm-hmm. and just somebody who obviously is a first round talent who didn't right. get drafted at all. And I think a lot of teams will see that, especially, you know, and it's sad to say, but partly because there's a deep running back class that teams are going to start saying, you know what? Maybe not. Let's go somewhere else. You know what? He gets invited to. You know some what? Camp. You might be right. He he gets invited to some. He might even end up in Kansas City or somebody. It seems like the NFL. Is going to want him in a place that has an established head coach right. who will know how to handle situations like Good this. Good culture. So that's why Kansas City comes up and uh, some of the other ones, but yeah. you would obviously think of Pittsburgh or something like that. Uh, but I think it's going to be very tough for him. All right. Marcus Grant, Daily Daps. Uh a couple of the apps. One, uh, I know uh, Alex that that get out uh, last week, but yes. I just want to follow up on that because uh, I saw it over the weekend and it was super good, super oh, good. So good. Um, really is as thought provoking as everyone says it is. I uh, just really was kind of inspired. Uh, wrote something. It is my pinned tweet. I just had a, a quick blog post about some of my thoughts, so you can go check that out there. Also, uh, daily daps to the Americans, which starts back uh, this week. Okay. Um, so I've been going back and binge watching last season, season four. This is season five. Is it really? This is season five wow. of the Americans, and the show has been fantastic. Uh, I mean, if you don't know, the basic premise is it's you know early, one thing about it. It's uh, it's early, it's early 1980s, and a, it's not 2017. It is not 2017. It feels like 2017. Uh, you know, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the times they are changing. Um, but basically the premise is a, a pair of, uh, Russian spies has, you know, living in the United States as husband and wife with kids and, you know, doing spy things while, spy things, yeah. while living across the street from an FBI counterterrorism agent, uh, and that whole deal. Because obviously, because obviously, yeah. but, uh, it's, it's incredibly well done, very dramatic, very well acted, directed, all that stuff. Um, and it comes back on Tuesday for season five. So I am very much looking forward to it. All right. Very good stuff. Uh, Alex Gelhar, Whiskey from Wisconsin. <clears throat> well, I mentioned off the top, I'd be remiss if I didn't give an official daily dap to Logan. Uh, Wolverine was always my favorite superhero growing up. hundred percent. And, uh, so this was great. I thought Hugh Jackman has done a tremendous job with the character, whether or not the previous movies were up to snuff. Uh, but this was a fitting end, I thought, for his run as Wolverine, um, and it was just a, overall a great movie. Really, Do not bring your kids. Really, trim- it's it, rated R. It earns <laughs> it, it earns, earns it. the R rate. Yeah, Do, yeah. It's good. Do not bring your children. We were wait. talking about this this morning, but I was like, <laughs> it's, it was good in a way because, like, Wolverine as a superhero, his his fighting style like kind of necessitates violence in oh, a way yeah. Blood, he's not you know he's that. not captain america that can just you know punch some guys and then hog time and be like go america or yeah. superman who can fly around and save everything peacefully like wolverine's a di- different animal so uh you get to see a little bit of that in this but okay. it was great good and then the other quick daily dap is to a, a board game i played for the second time this weekend called uh betrayal at house on the hill Betray- it's it's really fun so it starts out <laughs> what happens to just risk it starts <laughs> out as a fully collaborative you i think you can play with up to six people you're all exploring this haunted house and as you you expand the board there are little tiles with the rooms you go into it's got multiple floors as you go into rooms certain events get triggered and what's cool about it is about at about a midpoint through the game depending on how you unravel the house which is never the same way two times in a row because you shuffle the tiles it flips, and one of the characters, one of the players, then becomes the bad guy. Oh! And they get a separate script and like stuff that they're working off of. Like you might get a monster. I was playing. I became the bad guy, so I was trying to help Death win a game of chess. And every time he would win, like or take a piece in the game of chess, everybody else would get injured and stuff like that. 
So it flips the script, and then everybody else is trying to scramble and beat the betrayer and stuff like that. And it's it's really cool, and it's fun because you can play it a bunch, and it's never exactly the same game. Okay. You know? I like it. So it's it's very cool. Betrayal at House on the Hill, I would check it out if you're into board games and other nerdery like that. I love it. Adam Rank, Daily Daps. I'm going to start with, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but the HBO show Crashing. No, it's you about did not a, It's about a comic who gets divorced, and he starts uh, crashing with other comedians. And the first week, he crashes with Artie Lang. And my what first does that thought, mean? well, he's kicked out of the house. He's not. He has nowhere to stay. So okay. after a show, oh, okay, okay, okay. He asks okay. Artie Lang, "Hey, can I can I stay at your place?" Yes. Okay. Um, and I thought it was going to be him and Artie Lang the whole season, but it seems like I didn't watch uh, Sunday nights. But it seems like every week it's going to be somebody new because this week's it's supposed to be T.J. Miller. So it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good show. I know that there's some comics. Some of my friends were like, "This is unrealistic," and of course, it's done a little bit for television, but it's pretty accurate. Like, okay, it's, it's a pretty nice. Like, yeah, this is this is more true than not true. Like, there's it's obviously an exaggeration, but still. Okay, well, give me like one trope or or one theme that is is. Oh, very... this guy is obsessed with asking everybody, like, how did I do? And he 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 will say just one joke, and he he'll harp on it. Like that's that's literally what it's like living with or being with anybody. A comedian who's the same. I'm listen. I do the same thing. Uh-huh. I did that work. What do you think of that? Do you like the wording here? I will do that with tweets. Like I'll be. <laughs> Crowd like, what do you think of the wording? Like the uh, the Kirk cut. Well, actually, no, that one. But like sometimes I'll be like, do you like the wording on this? Should I should I rearrange it? Do you understand what what quarterback goggles means? And then all it takes is one person to be like, that's stupid. You're like, you're right. I'm not even. I'll never touch it again. Uh, there's a wow. there's a there's a there's a Peyton Manning joke I do in my act that shocking people love. Okay, but comedians hated it, and every huh. time. I would do it in an open mic. It would it would get nothing, and I would be like, "Oh, okay, so this must be garbage." So one time, for whatever reason, um, I used it in a Bray Improv or Irvine Improv show, yeah. and it brought the house down. I'm like, "That's really funny!" Like, "Oh," I, and I'm like, "Those stupid elitist comedians, bastard <laughs> comics—they're the worst. They're the—they're the worst. We're, we're it's general. Uh, we're the worst." Uh, speaking good. of comics, David Letterman did an interview. Uh, just this week. Okay. Uh, it just came out on Monday. Uh, if you have an opportunity, go up and read it. I think it's a it's a nice okay. nice reminder of what we're missing with him not being around, especially with our current uh, political climate. Uh, daps to the Angels. Their winning streak finally ended. They will not go undefeated. Uh, daps to Matt Shoemaker, who uh, is back. He got hit in the head with a baseball uh, last year, and it's so frightening. And the thing about baseball is – the smallest thing lives with you forever. When I was playing in high school, one day, yes, one day during bat during batting practice, some kid hit a fly ball. It might have we might have been doing warmups. Hit a fly ball. It was a gray ball on an overcast day, and I couldn't see it. And for the rest of my life, if I go play softball today, I will be afraid that I'm not going to see the the ball off the bat, and it freaks you out. So. For him to come back from an injury like that is pretty good. Hell yeah. And uh, and daps to the Arizona Diamondbacks who had a viral video with Oscar Hernandez and Brandon Drury uh, playing catch with a kid in the outfield. Like this kid's right. just in the outfield and they're playing catch. It's really cool. Go see, search it out. It, it's pretty awesome. Okay. Now, uh, to talk, you guys can you can bounce if you don't want to hear about fast lane. Oh, they already have. But I'm upset. <laughs> it was a terrible pay-per-view and I felt it was booked horribly 
from start to finish. There is nothing that a fanboy will be able to sink his teeth into. Like, that was a great, satisfying conclusion. Bailey wins. This is spoilers, by the way. Bailey beats Charlotte, but of course she has to have Sasha's help. Let Bailey win. Like, we don't need her. We don't need that that asterisk. Uh, Enzo and Cass did not win. Um, the oh, Roman. This is the, the great thing about the main event was that it made me forget how upset I was that Roman Reigns won. Okay. Like Braun Strowman, you've built this superstar up, a guy who seems to be unbeatable, and you have him lose at fast lane to Roman Reigns under the most ridiculous circumstances. To which, like, I, I really, like, at the end of the show, I'm like, do you want me to continue to watch this product? <laughs> I, might, I might not. And I know a lot of people are like, you'll, you'll keep watching. I'm like, I don't have to because there is SmackDown and there is NXT, and I can watch the both of them and not watch Raw pay-per-views or anything like that because what they did in the main event – and I think that all of us had conditioned ourselves to believe that Kevin Owens was going to drop the belt to Bill Goldberg. It seemed like an inevitability. Sure. Uh, it, it, it was very reminiscent of when CM Punk had been carrying the company. Hey, the Rock's back. Drop the strap to him. Let him and Cena fight in WrestleMania. So with Goldberg back, who is going to be fighting Rock, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, of course they were going to give him the belt, but it was so stupid, and it just doesn't stop your outrage. And I know that there is, because uh, I've had the benefit of meeting some people who are in the industry who will be like, hey, but this could be a long-term thing where, you know, Lesnar wins at WrestleMania, and then he fights Kevin Owens. I'm like, except that's not going to happen. Like, Kevin Owens will never be heard from again because Roman Reigns is going to be the guy fighting Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and you know what? I will not be watching if that's the case. So terrible pay for you. I'm not. <laughs> you, heard, you heard it here first. Folks. I'm not excited for WrestleMania. Bring on NXT Takeover Orlando, and that's it. All right, real quick. Yes, some breaking. We talk about Steve Smith. Yes, Steve Smith has broken some news. What is that? What? He's well, unretiring. No. Oh. But it is it is Smith related news. Okay. Tory Smith is uh, going to be released. Ah. Broken wow. by our own Steve Smith. Really? Yeah. Steve Smith is Steve out there Smith? breaking news. Steve look out! Look out! Rap sheet. Steve, Steve Smith's coming for Steve you. Steve Smith is breaking news. It was confirmed by Adam Schefter. Are you so kidding me right now? Seriously? How like, mad are really? you if you're Ian Rap? I am. Wow. I am dead oh, serious. I mean, all those all the Smiths know each other, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly a thing in the NFL. I can't. Believe, I mean, come on, Steve bro. Smith, Steve Smith, Tori Smith, Gino Steve Smith, Smith. They all know each other. Alex Smith. Steve Smith. Chill out, bro. <laughs> like you're a Hall of Fame wide receiver. You come in day one and you start killing it on television. And now you're breaking, <laughs> you're breaking like, news. Like, bro, chill. No, no, no. I think you got to leave some stuff for the rest of us, dude. Look, this was a good signing by the Shadowy League figures. This clearly. dude's going to come through next week. He's going to be the host of this podcast. <laughs> I mean, bro, chill out, man. Like, uh, leave something for the rest of us, man. I don't breaking think it's going to happen. All right. Unbelievable. All right. What a great show it was. For the Whiskey from Wisconsin, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, the great Adam Rank. I'm James Go. Peace. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.